What's up, everybody? Welcome back. You want to know the new thing I'm doing? Here's the new thing I do. Every day I walk my daughter into preschool. When I get to her classroom, I sing to the entire class. And she gets so embarrassed. She gets so mad. She's like, Daddy, stop. She laughs and smiles the whole time, but she gets super red. And I think it's hilarious because I've just turned it on to Mr. Telephone Man. And if you don't know Mr. Telephone Man, that's a new addition. Okay? Go look it up. So now we listen to Mr. Telephone Man all the time. She always asks for that. And we listen to Mr. Telephone Man. So then I get there and I sing it. I like uh, Can You Stand the Rain. Great new edition song. I get in, I sing that. She gets so embarrassed. New favorite thing to do. <sighs> What's up? Um, uh, yeah. JLarsonComedy.com. JLarsonComedy. Instagram, Facebook. Comedian Jay Larson. On, there's like two on Facebook. You know what happened? Here's the deal. I don't know anything about tech. I don't know anything. And now there's all these people that know about tech. So this guy hit me up and he's like, hey man, I can get you way more views. And I have friends that were using them. I'm like, okay. He's like, you have very successful video clips. We can use those. So I give this guy all my information on Facebook. He starts it. He's like, I can't use your old Facebook fan page. I need to start a new one. He starts a new one. Then he starts using, like, I don't know how he does anything. You know what I mean? Like any of these dudes are shady anyway. You know what I mean? Shadesville. He's like, I, then he hits me. He's like, I need to make my wife an admin on your account. And I'm just like, all right, make your wife an admin. Why would I do that? I don't know. So I make her an admin. They get it fired up. It's taken away from my other fan page that had already been there. It's got like 30,000 people that follow it. He starts a new one. It's got like 680. Anyway. That guy starts it, and then he just ghosts me. And then it started, and then I'm just like, then I don't hear from him. He's like, yeah, man, I'm just having like, and I'm like, all right. And then finally, I like blocked him and blocked her. I'm like, well, I don't want you getting in there anymore. So there's Jay Larson Comedy on Facebook, which is what we started with him to fit everything else. Comedian Jay Larson is the one, though, that I'm that's like hooked to all my accounts. Anyway. I can't deal with the tech stuff. You know what I mean? People hit me up all the time like, how come there's no dates on your website? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I, I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, I should. I should have them. The only dates you need to know right now is I will be in Vermont at Vermont, Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington, Vermont, April 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, which I can't wait. I cannot wait to go to Burlington. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. How many people out there like Jersey Mike's? Let me tell you something. Everybody here knows I like small, independently run joints. That's what I like. Let me tell you something you cannot... There's two things, sandwich-wise, you cannot get in Los Angeles as good a quality as you can get back east. That's a steak and cheese sub. And let me tell you this right now. I don't care where... I don't care if you're in Philadelphia and you're making a steak and cheese sub and you're not mixing the cheese in with the steak. Forget it. I don't want it. I don't want you laying it hot in the bun and then it's just, no, I want it mixed in with all the steak. Steak and cheese sub and then like a legit Italian sub. I went to this place the other day in Burbank and they they make awesome subs. They have it set up. I'm like, "You got hot peppers?" "No, not hot peppers." I'm like, "What what are we doing here?" So one time I had this meeting and I was helping these guys, an old friend of mine uh this is LA. An old friend of mine, he was, we used to play softball together, needed help shooting a pilot 
and it was going to be like Dinner for Five. Do you remember that show, Dinner for Five, where people, uh, it was John Favreau would sit around with like four filmmakers and talk about films in like a dinner setting. Well, they want to do the same thing, but with athletes, and I was going to host it, at least in their promo, I was going to host it. So it's an old buddy. He's like, will you do this? I'm like, yeah, sure. And he's like, if it goes forward, you know, we're going to try and get you in there. Who knows if we can. I don't know if it ever goes. I know that I've seen them do other projects with comedians. I've asked him a hundred times to get a meeting on this thing. Nothing. Nothing. Ghost. Old friend. That's what LA is. You're an old friend until they're not a friend at all. And they were never a friend in the first place. Do I think he's a nice guy? 100%. Do I think he should have hit me back on those other things? Yeah, I fucking do. Because here's the deal, too. In this business that I'm in, I'm still a guy from Massachusetts that thinks like, well, you're supposed to return calls or if we're friends, we're going to do... You know what I mean? I don't know. And I might be wrong. Maybe I'm a dude... People see me from that side and like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I hit you up. Oh, all right. I don't really know. Either way, we were having a meeting for this show that I was helping him out with and uh, he texted me. He's like, hey, we're, we're ordering from Jersey Mike's. Do you want anything? And I had never... You know, Jersey Mike's is a chain. I had never gone there. I like to go to like indie places. And uh, I was like, sure, grab me an Italian. And he's like, all right, let me tell you something. It was one of the best subs I've ever had in my life, an Italian sub. The bread was awesome. The meats were great. They do olive oil and vinegar on every one, which is baller. I loved it. From that point, I was like, man, these Jersey Mike's subs are really good. So then like I remember... I remember we were visiting a friend in the hospital and like we went and got Jersey. I don't know why. I was like, there's a Jersey Mike's nearby. Let's go. Because it's not like I'm eating Italian hoagies all the time. Anyway, your boy doing a commercial for Jersey Mike's subs. Comes out this summer. Keep an eye out on it. My friend uh, hit me up. I was like, do you want to audition for this commercial? She is an actual friend. She keeps an eye out for me. And um, anyway, so I did that. So keep an eye out. That'll be running throughout the summer. And, uh, God, I love a good Italian sub. There's this place out here, right, that everyone goes to. It's called um, Bay Cities, okay? And it's like a deli. It's definitely an East Coast deli. So it's got, like, the deli counter, and then it's got, like, groceries and stuff. And they make this sandwich called the Godmother. And it's it's an Italian. It's got everything you need on it. But the bread is, like, so hard. It, like, rips up the roof of your mouth. And every time you bite, the meat slides out. And I'm like, this is, a, this is like, the most overrated sandwich in the whole town. Everyone talks about it. And you're like, this is not... It's just ridiculous. But Jersey Mike's, dude. So, here we go. Ready for this? Last Friday. Today is the 13th, Okay. For me, it's the 20th for you guys. And uh, Friday night of last week, which was uh, today's the 13th, six days ago, the 7th. Wife and I are in bed. She goes, Jade, you hear that? And like, as she heard it, like she like commented on hearing it. I think she was up like that. She heard something that woke her. Right. And so that woke her. And I was like, couple seconds behind like a millisecond behind so i i was getting woken up at the same time but she woke asked me i was like yeah where'd that come from because like i'm just like coming out of a sleep like where where was that was it like because sometimes in the middle of the night you'll hear you'll hear the kids 
bang their they just roll over and their head slams off the wall you know what i mean they got giant they have these so durable heads they don't even wake up but it just makes this giant noise back in the day every every once in a great while my daughter will roll out of the bed and land on the floor you're like you hear that you're like yeah we got a human down and then you know there have been times i remember one time we kept hearing something in the backyard and like we were like a little panicked. She was like, Do you hear that? I was like, Yeah. She's like, What is it? I'm like, I don't know. So I army crawled through the house to the kitchen, got an orange. Okay. An orange. Went to the back of my house where, like, so we had the backyard and then there was a gate that I put in and then there was an area and then another gate to the alley. And that area used to be like this wood shop where I would build stuff. That's where we were hearing the noise. And we're like, what is that? So I went, and then at the the last room in our house at the time was the office. Now it's our bedroom. There's a door to the outside. I opened it up. And I didn't even say, like, is anyone out there? I just threw the orange. Which, who who in their right mind is going to be like, fuck, this guy's got oranges. Let's get out of here. No idea what I was thinking. And who am I throwing oranges? You're throwing oranges at a burglar, bro? No, no burglar is going to move. They're like, oh, this guy must be serious. maybe the worst home defense me with oranges anyway it was it was the wind was blowing a gate like this just like this that's all it was loser so she says did you hear that and i'm like yeah where'd that come from she's like it sounds like it's coming from out back and so like you know from our house where the door is in our room to, now that fence to the wood shop is gone. It's now like a sitting area for adults. And then it goes to the alley fence. And then there's the alley, right? Okay, it's an alley, first of all. Let's say something about alleys. Alleys are a place where people loiter. That's where people go. If you have to be outside and you want to hide, you go in alleys. They're public, right? But they're hidden. There's usually trees. People dump garbage there. You, you like, we, I, and some people scavenge there. Ooh, you haven't heard anyone say scavenge. And I don't even know if that's the right word. Scavenge a hunt. You scavenge. Scavenge? I don't know if that's the word. Whatever. That's what I do. And I look for like, you might find an old piece of furniture that's got possibilities to it. You might find an old countertop. You're like, oh, I could make an outdoor bar with that. You know, one man's trash, another man's treasure. It's a saying for a reason. So, you know, whatever. My wife goes, did you hear that? I go, yeah. I go, where's it come from? She goes, it sounds like out back. And then we hear some guy going, you motherfucker. Bye, bye, bye. Just like yelling. And then we're like, oh, we got a couple of homeless people fighting in the alley. Now, I live in a residential neighborhood, okay? There's a major street right behind, right here is the alley, okay? Right here outside the garage. And then it goes another street where there's houses on either side, then another alley, and then a main street, okay? The other main street is if you go out my front door or take this alley, you get to you go down a block, down another block, and then down two more blocks, and then you get to a main street. But everything in here is residential. So that's not there's nothing close. Now, I will say this. 
in the last two years, the homeless population has skyrocketed in Los Angeles. Now, it's always been huge, okay? I think right now there's 66,000 people homeless in LA. But it's gotten huge to the point where, like in my neighborhood, you would see a couple homeless people, right? Because you live in a major city down on the major street. But now, you go down to that major street, so like my coffee shop, Alana's, what's up, Alana's? You go down there, and across the street, they tore a building down, and there's a homeless camp set up in front of that building. Not a big one, maybe eight to 10 homeless people, right? If you go down the street a little further, like maybe a half mile, maybe a mile or half mile, there's a huge homeless camp under the highway overpass, like 60 people maybe on both sides. It was just one side, now it's just both sides. Those were never there. But now it's gotten even worse. We're down my street over here. There's a church and now there's a little tiny encampment outside of the church. And there's like six to eight people that sleep there now. So we're like, get woke up. We hear these people fighting. We hear one voice. Yeah, you motherfucker. You piece of shit, man. And I just like, ugh. I'm like, we got homeless people fighting in the alley. She's like, oh, so she gets to use the bathroom. And then she's like, Jay, he's in our backyard. Guys, I do not have a big backyard. It's very small. It's very small. But I used to get that magazine as a kid, My Big Backyard. Anyone else get it? We got it. Highlights, Ranger Rick, My Big Backyard. My mother gets highlights for my son now. If you have kids, get them Highlights Magazine. It's the coolest thing. They love it. They look forward to it. It's the best. Anyway... And I'm like, what? And she's like, he's walking towards the house. So I'm like, what the fuck? You know, this is this is the most scared I think I've ever been. Because like that person, first of all, we from the screaming, we think homeless. Now in our backyard, we don't know. There's break-ins in our neighborhood all the time in the last two years. There was always like, um, because we live in a city... There were like little things like um, people go around and they would just check cars. If you were unlocked, they would go through your car. They would look for phones, wallets, money, you know, digital stuff. And if you get pinched. There was a time I woke up and I, I started my day, went to my car and there was stuff scattered about somebody had been in my car. We don't know who this guy is. You know what I mean? We don't know. We hear him yelling at someone. So we assume there's two of them. We don't know how he got in there. You know, we're just assuming he got in through the alley. Even though it's a it's a tall fence. It's like nine feet high. Even if you were able to get up over it, you still got to jump down nine feet. You know any super nimble homeless people? No. They're usually like eh, barely walking. Now, I go to the... Now, first of all, do I like to think I'm the guy that's going to step out there with like a golf club or a bat, right? And be like, hey, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, I'd like to think I'm that guy. The second, first of all, even if you had a gun, I am not a gun owner. But even if you're a gun owner, you might be like, I'll step out there with my fucking gun. Here's the deal. If you're a gun owner, you have to be prepared to kill someone. And be okay with it. You have to be prepared that you're like, all right, I know that I can kill someone with this and I'm cool killing it. 
what if you're wrong? Like, what if you don't do anything? Well, it's trespassing. Okay, you want to live with the idea that you killed someone? Maybe. I definitely do not want to kill someone. I've never even punched anyone in the face. But more importantly, I have two kids and a wife. Do I want to be the guy who's like, yeah, I got to... Because this is the thing. Men will be like, yeah, you got to go fucking out there, dude. You got to go You got to go defend yourself. Do you? Dude, do you? Like when it came to the situation, I was like, what if I go out there, that guy has a gun or that guy has a knife or that guy... Now, most likely that dude's on heroin. That's what's going on. So most likely he's on heroin. Who's to say he doesn't have a heroin syringe? Who's to say there's not three of them? Who? Maybe there's four. Maybe there's five. Maybe they're in my garage. Maybe they're in my kid's playhouse. I have no idea. But I don't need to prove my masculinity to my wife at this moment. What, what do you... Why would I ever risk... Not only that, I'm going to open the door to my home. What if he gets me and someone else comes in and gets her? You know what I mean? It freaked me out. It, it really checked me as to like what I thought was, you know, how I would handle situations. Okay. So she's like, she's army crawling on the ground. He's in our yard. And I just go call 911 right now. And I go and I grab a golf club just because. And I go to the front of the house because she said he was walking towards the house. We have that back door locked. And I just like had to be in front of my kid's room just because, you know what I mean? I was just like, if anything, I need to get and protect those kids. And I was like, all right, I don't hear anything. So I go to the front of the house and look out the window and I see the guy, a guy, leave my front yard and start walking down the street. Now, at that point, I was like, all right, I grabbed a golf club. I'm like, do I go after this guy now to make sure the cops get him? I'm like, what the fuck do I care if the cops get him? I, is, it, is it a smart risk to leave the front door? I have to leave it unlocked so I can get back in. Go chase this guy down with a golf club. And what am I going to do? Beat him? No. Hold him captive? No. I don't know who else is in the backyard. I don't know what this guy's capable of. I know that he's got a lot to, uh, nothing to lose. I got a lot to lose. I got a lot. One, a life I care about. Two, my wife who I care about. And th- my children. What the fuck do I care, you know? But it's scary. I'm like, my adrenaline's racing. I go back and I check on her. I'm like, what'd they say? And she's like, I called and I told them there's a man in that backyard. She said, intruder. <laughs> You don't know what word you're going to say. There's an intruder. Yeah, we don't know if he's a homeless guy. We just assume because of the situation in our neighborhood that it's a homeless guy. And we assume he came in from the back, you know? So now I can't... She's. I'm like, what did they say? And she's like, she said they're going to send someone over. I'm like, okay. So now we still don't know if there's someone else in the backyard. So she's like watching out the bathroom window like this, like you know, like crouch down. I have a golf club and I just pace the house. We have like a long hallway with no windows in it. You know, and the, the, the bedrooms are off it and then you get up to the front of the house. So I'm pacing from the front of the house, watching out the front, pacing down, checking on her. Like I just can't stop. And then I'm walking, like pacing in front of my kid's door. I'm like, no one's getting near them. And I got to keep checking on her and I got to keep checking the front to see if the one, the cops get there and two, if there's like any other people coming out of my yard or going in my yard, you know what I mean? Who knows? At some point, there's going to be an uprising. 
You know what I mean? At some point, I remember my neighbor said to me, he's like, dude, at some point they're going to come up the hill, bro. Who do you think they're going to go for? No, they came. So, also, I'll, I'll get to this in a second. So, that happens. It's been like 10 minutes. This is how white we are. I'm like, it's been 10 minutes. I'm like, call 911 again. No, <laughs> we're calling. Yes. Now, you th- think of it like this, okay? Just to put life in perspective, because we always need to be checking our perspective, right? If this was a black neighborhood and it was, not 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 if, in black neighborhoods or minority neighborhoods where there's gang violence and shootings, shootings happen and they're not there in 10 minutes. You Or they might not come at all. This is an intruder. An intruder. I don't know why that's a funny name to me. We had an intruder, dude. I don't know who says intruder, but we did. And I'm still getting pissed. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. And and my concern is if there are more people out there, like what if there are more people? What if they're, you know, I can't go out there. I just cannot. I can't take that risk. What if there are people out there? And guess what? If you're a dude right now and you're like, I'd go out there. Go ahead. Go ahead. To me, you're dumb. And that's a dumb thing to do. And if you want to risk your life to prove, you know, now, even if I had a gun, again, I don't think I'd be going out there because you have a gun, they might have a gun. Who's to say they're not hiding? You know, whatever, whatever the thing is. I'd much rather wait for cops to know that it's official. You know what I mean? There's a call in, they have cameras on them. They're protected. They're trained. I don't know how well, but they're trained. So we call a second time. We have someone on the way. Now it's been 20 minutes and I'm like still pacing the house. She's still looking out the window. There's no way we're going back to sleep. I'm not going back to sleep thinking that there's people in my yard or they might try and break in or maybe they're they're watching us. Who knows? There have been, so not only are there homeless break-ins around our neighborhood where people like, there's like, there's a bunch of different things that are happening. You know, uh, they call them porch pirates that are just stealing your Amazon packages or whatever you're getting. Then there's, People are going into your yard and they're stealing bikes and surfboards and then they try and sell them. There's that. And then there's actual break-ins happening, like professional. So there's been professional and then non-professional. The professionals, they have like a scout who's like driving around our neighborhood. And like, like I think it was like three weeks ago, they ripped three houses in 15 minutes. Boom, boom, boom. Went in, got them, went in, got them. So there's that too. So we don't know what... First, it was this guy. Yeah, we saw the guy. Crazy guy. Who's to say they're not like, well, we can do that shit. I don't know. I don't know if they're on Nextdoor app. So I call 911. I'm like, what is going... I go, you got to send someone out here. They're like, yeah, we have a car on the way. And I'm like, I can check... I didn't say this to them because they're just... They're trying to do their job. I said to my wife, I'm like, you can check DoorDash and know where the car is. They don't know where the car is. I could go on DoorDash and be like, yeah, my Thai food's going to be here. They can't do that. Now it's been 35 minutes and I'm like, I call again. I'm like, listen, I have two kids in my house. I don't know if anyone's in my backyard. I am not going to bed until someone comes out here. You need to send someone now. And they're like, they'll be there shortly. They show up. Here's the other thing. You see so many videos. If you're like, if you're hip to this and I, I try to be hip and aware to like what is going on in our country, like 
there is a large amount of people dying in our country, okay, from police. And a lot are innocent. And I have always been like, what the fuck? Are they not training these guys? How are these guys not getting trained? Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. My entire perspective changed on that this night. Because I am not willing. I'm not trained. I'm like, I'm not going out there with a golf club. What if they have a gun? Then these two cops show up. I walk out with a with a golf, <laughs> with an eight iron. I'm like, what's up, guys? Just working on my game here. I was like, hey, guys, how you doing? They're like, good. I'm like, so, hey, here's the deal. This is what we heard. We don't know if there's anyone else out there, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is not like, we're not so close to these main streets that this is something, you know, that always happens. And they're like, okay, we get it. And I go, you want me to show you out back? And they were like, no, dude. Like, why don't you stay here? They're like, are you out of your goddamn mind? Why in your, why would you lead us out back if there was someone there? And I'll be straight up. There were two of them. One was younger than the other. And the younger one, you could see it. Like, he was scared. There was like a little bit of fear. And I was sitting there like looking at him and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, you don't, we don't think that. At least I don't. I don't think like cops are going to get scared. What are they going to get scared about? And then I realized I'm like every single day these men and women suit up. They're putting their life at risk. They might have a gun. They might have a bulletproof vest, but they're going into the unknown. Okay. Yes, they know how to work a gun. They know like, you know, you see in cop shows, they like come around corners like, you know, whatever they're doing. They know protocol, but they don't know if there's six homeless guys back there jacked up on heroin just waiting to fucking do something in their delusional mind. They have no idea. They go into my yard. So I go in the house. They're like, why don't you go in the house? I was like, all right. And we both watched. They go flashlights, guns drawn. Check my playhouse. Check this space. Check the alley. And I'm sitting there, we're watching it, and we're like, holy shit. Like, if anyone, if a homeless person is there and jumped out, they're dead. You're shot. You're shot. No cop, at least from what I'm watching, no one has the restraint to just be like, oh, I was so, I was petrified. You know what I mean? Think about how scared these guys have to be. Yeah, are they brave? Yes, but they're brave by uh, like association. You know what I mean? No one's like, yeah, I'm not scared of shit, so I became a cop. You're not scared of shit, so you dive off cliffs. You know what I mean? That's what you do. You like free dive. This is this is different. This is like your life. You're going to like, what if you're the guy that opens a garage door and there's a freaking homeless guy just waiting with a hatchet? I have axes in here. Just has an axe and like pulls out an axe, you know? They don't want to die just like I didn't want to die. Anyway, to be anticlimactic, there was no one there. Turns out there was just one homeless person. And the guy was like, they're like, do you think they came in the back? I'm like, I don't know. Is that gate open? And I came out and looked at it. And I'm like, that's nah, not open. I'm like, dude, this gate is like, it's heavy and old. Like that whole fence, you could just, I could run into it and knock it down. And... They're like, yeah, man, you should like have a lock. on. I'm like, no one's, they can't, it's locked from here, like inside, but like there's still no lock on it. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, all right. Um, so then the next morning I wake up, 
Now we had like texted our neighbor to be like, "Hey, if you're up, you gotta go lock. Make sure your back door is locked." Because we know sometimes they leave it unlocked. They have a dog and they let it out that way. And they're sleeping and they don't sleep with their phones in their room. Excuse me, I was up early. <laughs> and uh, we see him in the morning. They're like, "What the hell happened last night?" I'm like, "Dude," and I tell him the whole story. And I'm like, but the gate, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, they went in through the front. And I was like, you think? And he's like, yeah. Because our front gate, like, is like a, we have like a, you know, there's like a, not a homeless cat. There's a homeless cat. <laughs> I know that's, and that's like, you could hear that two ways. Like, oh, man, this homeless cat, which is like an old dude who, like, maybe played jazz for a while and now kind of lives on the street. Like, he's got cousins who he stays with once in a while. That's a homeless cat. This is actually an actual cat, like a feline, who is just, like, stray. There's a stray cat in our neighborhood. And it always, like, jumps on the... I mean, the thing's got hops. Jumps on the top of our fence gate, and you always hear it. And you're just like, what is that? And you open the gate, and there's the cat, like, sitting on it, like, looking at you. So, like, you hear that gate just when a cat jumps on it. We, that must have been what woke us up. That was that noise of the gate opening. But can you just think about how fearless and how um, little value, not just little value this person is putting on their life to just risk going into someone's yard, but at the same time, the desperateness that they have, that they're willing to just walk into someone's backyard. They're also delusional as fuck because they're on heroin. But like opens our gate comes off from it's not a this is not a public street you know what i mean like you have to you have to go a left a right and stuff to find our street going in probably i don't know what that guy was doing looking for bikes but like screaming in our back get in our backyard and then be like you motherfucker he was also saying some racial slurs that i'm not going to repeat and you're just like why like what is going on and I know that like people will be like, well, you know, and I even say, yeah, you know, I live in a major city. But let me just tell you something. When 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 a trend starts in Los Angeles, it hits everywhere else like two years later. Whether it's a word, whether it's like a style, you know, like when you see like you ever see them making fun of like fashion shows and they're like, What are they wearing? A garbage bag? And then two years later, you're gonna see like the gap making some remember in the Devil's Will Prada? This is how femme I am. And the devil wears Prada. Meryl Streep, like, you know, sons Anne Hathaway by saying, oh, yeah, you don't believe in fashion, but that shirt you wore, what you don't know is that color came out two years ago and then it trickled down to the department store that you bought, whatever. It's the same thing. So, like, things that are happening here, I think, are probably going to start happening everywhere. And this, like, giant homeless issue which is always going to be a bigger issue in a bigger city with this many people but like here's the irony this is happening in my house five houses down the house is for sale for 4.3 million dollars i i mean that's crazy that house two doors down that's the one that got broken into two down from that one broken into and then one across the street broken into and then one and like people like yeah i'll go buy a 4.3 million dollar home it's brand new where there's like a chance of like just homeless people coming in your backyard in the middle of the night and the break-ins happening down the street. Whew. Anyway. I got a I got a, I got a lock for that front gate and um I I hit up our managing 
place and was like, yo, you got to replace this fence, man. Like I could, I could knock this fence down. So we're trying to get that taken care of. But it's like, Jesus, what is going on in this world? Like, not just this world, our country, that there's this many people that are without work and can't, not only, you know, it's not only like they don't have a job, they don't have health care. And it's not like they might need a checkup, but they need mental evaluation. They need someone that they can go to. It's so crazy. So crazy. You know, I've been drinking a lot of uh, that Stevia root beer. I tell you, big fan. I was listening to the sports talk show today, and uh, he was talking to this athlete who's like always super well dressed. I'm not always super well dressed, but you know what I always do? Good socks. I look good socks. I think you can be like, you know, this t shirt has holes in it. I can't stop wearing these. This is like the only shirt I wear. I'm like a superhero. I wear one shirt and one pair of pants. I have seven of these in blue and black and I have two of these which now like one has a hole and the other one this is going to hole up soon but like I was at the I went for an MRI today and I'm sitting across from this other couple and I was telling them I'm like yeah you know it's like I can't remember if I talked on here about this about like this woman swearing at my di- like this waiter that I had she swore and I'm just like why is this lady swearing at me I- I'm about to eat my meal why are you swearing and I was telling them, like, what, what's going on in our world? People are swearing. I'm like, who's next? Dentists? You know, I don't know if I talked about it. Before you judge, I get up at 5.30. You know what I mean? I get up this morning at 5.30. I make a coffee, pot of coffee. I sit down at the table in the dining room. What You know what I had to do today? I had to send out an email to my son's Little League team, to all the parents, and break everything down, letting them know, hey, I need coaches. Do you know how hard it is to wrangle 13, 13, five-year-olds? I got a four-year-old on our team. He's not supposed to be on there, but his brother's a five-year-old. What's he going to do? He's The parents have to go to one practice. He, let me tell you why I can see both sides of the coins in everything in life. Because guess what? If that was my kid, I'd want the league to be like, yeah, it's okay if your four-year-old plays with the older kids. He doesn't have to play t-ball because it's going to be a pain for you to do both. Then as a coach, I'm just like, I don't want a fucking four-year-old on my team. You know how hard that is to have a four-year-old? They're the worst, dude. I have a four-year-old. I got one. She's actually badass. Chicks, man, like when you go to dance class, she just sits there. They listen. They pay attention. They do. They just sit and they wait and they listen. I think it's also like controlled environments indoors. I think it's partially the fact that they're they're women or girls and i don't know they just like pay attention better but like when you get these kids out there we have one girl on our team when you get these kids outside outside's a factor and then they're five and then they're boys you know i don't know if it'd be the same with girls like if that was all girls if they'd be all over the place like i my daughter doesn't play softball um so i don't know but i just know that like i've done this before and it's and i have three of us that was when I had four-year-olds. Some were three at that time, and that was T-ball. And it's like Jesus to wrangle these kids for an hour. And I and I, I go to, I go to war. Okay, I come in with a set schedule. I plan a sixty-minute practice. I'm like, all right, first five minutes we're doing this. Then we do ten minutes of this. Then we do five minutes of this. Water break. Boom, boom. Water break. Boom, boom. Wrap it up. And by the end, I am like, thank Christ that is over because it's a ton of work. 
So I got to get up this morning and I've already te- I've called every parent and just been like, hey, I'm Jay. I'm going to be your son's coach or your daughter's coach, blah, blah, blah. Then I sent a text message. Hey, team, keep this chain. This is how you're going to get information. And then I was like, oh, I need to write an email that's detailed. Everyone's got to volunteer a certain amount of hours. I need assistant coaches. I got one. And here's the deal. I'm not trying to be a dick, but if I'm going to have assistant coaches, I don't want seven assistant coaches and no one knows what to do. I want to have me, my number one assistant coach, who is my boy, Dave, and he's awesome. Then two other dads or moms that know a little bit about baseball and are know a little bit about sports and are able to take direction from me so that if they're going to be, because guess what? With 13 kids, you got to break them up. You got to break them up. I want to do three groups of four. So if I just have one extra coach that's there with me and my assistant at every practice, that way we can just go to stations and we can do that. That's all I need because it's just too much otherwise. And then people are like, well, my husband, like moms would email back, like I'm CCing my husband, he'll assistant coach. And I'm like, Woody, I don't, I'm not taking this so serious where I need guys that, that play pro ball, but you know what I don't want? I just don't want six people who are kind of invested. That's not helping me at all. Now I'm just babysitting someone else. This is what I want. I want me and my assistant coach. And then I want two other coaches that are like, listen, man, I played ball through high school. I love it. I'm a little rusty, but like, I'm good at keeping them in. And then I got another one who's like, Hey, I'm a soccer coach. I coach high school. Uh, we're wrapping up our season, but once that's over, I can be committed and be there. That's what I need. Because when it's game time, okay, when it's game time, I need me pitching, my assistant catching, okay, and working with our kids on hitting, and then one coach at first base, and then another one working the dugout. You know what I mean? Keeping the kids in line. I don't want like three parents in the dugout. That's not what I want. I want it organized. So like... Because think of it, if they have three parents in there, that's out of control. You want them to look and be like, that's a coach, that's a coach, that's a coach, that's a coach. Boom. Not like, he's a coach, are you our coach? I remember last year for my son's team, I didn't coach. And it was so all over the place. Practices were just, I don't know what they were doing. Kids didn't know each other's names. It was like seven games in the season. My son knew like two kids' names. I was like, what? So then they asked me, like, will you run practice one day? Because we know you used to coach. And I was like, yeah. I had stations set up. First thing I did is like, everyone get in a circle. I'm like, everyone, what's his name? I go, do you know his name? None of them knew. It's going to be the first thing I do this year. It's like, all right, we're going to the first day. First practice is going to be fun. It's going to be like, you know, we're going to do a little bit of stuff. Find out about each other. Everyone's going to introduce themselves. Name, favorite food, and age. Favorite food and, you know, I don't know, whatever. But just things that kids can learn. I got it. So anyway, I get up. I do that email. All I'm trying to tell you is if I seem a little sleepy today, it's because I'm up at 5.30. And I know it's only 1 o'clock in the afternoon right now. But I've already been for an MRI. I've already had an audition. I'm doing this. I got other stuff we're doing today here. Me and Skylar, my producer. Um... I love the idea of coaching. My son is, it's not like he's like, he's like, yeah, I like baseball, but he's not like, I can't wait to play baseball, which was me. And I'm just like, I always keep trying to like adapt to that. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, I know it's already the day of 
this is today is the day the podcast came out, but a lot of people you tell me how much you love Joe Mackey, and I do too. And uh, I got some other really funny dudes coming on. Um, and email me at holidaybakeryproductions at gmail if there are people that you want to see come on. That's holidaybakeryproductions at gmail. If there are people like, dude, how about this person? How about that person? I'll be straight with you. Some people are just like, what? I'm going to go over to your house. No, they just don't want to. And uh, there's one dude I asked who I love. And he's kind of famous. And he does not do podcasts. He's like, I would do it for you. Because I asked him, like, do you do podcasts? He's like, I would do it for you. And then I was like... I want him to direct this movie I'm trying to make. And uh, why, am I going to ask him to do the podcast or direct a movie? So here's the deal. Some guests, I'm going to save the big ask for like, hey, do you want to like read the script and potentially direct it? And if they say yes, then I'm like, oh, dude, come on the podcast. Or if they say no, all right, cool. Do you want to do the podcast then? But in the meantime, some of those people I'm just going to leave off. You know what I mean? That's what you got to do. Um, anyone out there watching The Outsider? HBO, The Outsider. Good Lord. If you're not watching that, Karen Kusama directed the last episode that came out. Uh, second to last. No. Yeah, second to last for you guys. And uh, she directed this movie, The Invitation, that I did. It's, I mean, the whole sh- series is badass. The way it's shot, the tone, it's crazy. I, I have a philosophy for what might happen, but I have no idea if I'm right, and I can't wait to find out. So check out The Outsider. Thank you guys for listening, tuning in. As always, if you're not following me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, I don't even tweet, but you got to do it. And YouTube, if you've watched the special, please tell a friend about it. Email five people and be like, yo, you should check this out. It's free. They don't have to pay. Do you get what I'm saying? You don't have to do anything. Every week you tune into this podcast, it's free. You're not paying for anything. The special is free. Now, anyone who bought it, I love you and I appreciate you. Now it's free. Make an email. Think of like 10 friends. Like, you know who would like this? And send it to them. Be like, hey, you should check out this stand-up special. I think you'd really like it. I really appreciate you guys listening. It means the world to me. And I can't do it without you. Uh, Can't do it without you. Tune in next week. All right. Later. Later.